Learn more about fun local events and interesting people throughout the heart of Middle Tennessee with a dash of everyday tech talk thrown in for good measure. The Local Click starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Local Click, the December edition of the Local Click. I'm Nick Noakes, and this is Justin Malden. Justin, thank you for joining us again this month. Pleasure to be back again. Are you excited about Christmas time? Listen, it's the holiday season, holiday spirit. We're going to be spreading Christmas cheer with DTC with some things that we're going to be doing that I know you'll talk about later. And I think this is the most wonderful time of the year. It's my favorite as well. I love it. I love it. And you can definitely tell it's almost Christmas time because it's gotten colder since we last met. It has been very, very, very chilly. Uh, the high today, I think, is only going to get to 40 degrees. And I, I know one of our guests later is going to talk about uh, heating and cooling. And he probably really enjoys this time of the year because it's probably really good for business. I think it's very good for business. I think that's a good point for sure. Uh, as far as coming up in just a moment, I know that you'll be uh, talking to us a little bit about some of your tech tips. You always have a lot of great information on that, as well as the tech news roundup. We'll have Jared Bradshaw here with us momentarily with his Ask the Expert segment, which will be a lot of fun. We'll have What's Up DTC, where we talk about some of the different things going on in DTC land for the month of December. And we've got a couple of great interviews for today as well. We'll have... Uh, Virginia and Susan with Rockabilla Coffee out of Carthage, Tennessee. And coming up now, though, we've got an interview with someone you kind of alluded to just a moment ago, and that's uh, Randy Lamberson with Randy's Heating and Air. Welcome back to the show. And today with me for this segment, I have Randy Lamberson with Randy's Heating and Air. Hello, Randy. How are, how are you today? How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Doing I appreciate great. you uh, being with us and Not coming over to Woodbury. I don't know. You guys probably do a little work here. In the we area, do a little bit, of, little bit of work over here. We love the weather outside. It's starting to get cold. It's That's good true. for business. That's right. That's right. Now, speaking of business, um, when did you guys start? What's the history of how you got started in this? I industry? actually started out with a pickup truck and a bag of tools. So... Really? No house to live in. Yes, it's part so, of life, you know, and it's worked up to evolve to be a lot bigger than I ever imagined. That's awesome. But uh, you take care of the customers and they will take care of you. And you know, so, that's the secret to running a good business in it a way, is. isn't it? It is. Yep. But your hours sometimes are not guaranteed. You don't know when you're going to be working. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get up and go when you don't expect to. So. Anybody that works for themselves the way that you do and the way the mm -hmm. business started, uh, there's really no uh, time clock to punch out. There is not. There is not. I was getting ready to go to church Sunday morning, and I ended up only up in Carthage. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't plan it, but that's where didn't you ended plan up, it, right? But that's where we ended up. So how did you get started in this industry as far as, uh, did you go to some kind of technical or trade I school? I did. I or? went to a technical trade school. We grew up on a dairy farm. I'll give you a little history. And they used to be two or three men. They had a little TV shop there in Watertown. Yeah. And they used to come out all the time and one of them I called it drove an old Scooby-Doo van. And anyway, he had this big diamond. I asked him, I said, how'd you get that? He said, if you ever get a trade under your belt, I said, you'll never want for anything, but you've got to work to earn that. So I said, well, I'm going to try that. So anyway, when I got out of school, I started technical trade school over in Murfreesboro, Model of State Community College. Sure. Then I went to work in part-time with a, uh, Advanced Commercial Refrigeration, a commercial outfit in Murfreesboro. And I would go to school till 12 and then work till 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning, get up and milk cows, be back at school at 7.30. I did that for a year and I couldn't, you know. Wow. Anyway, it all uh, it all turned out for the best. 
yep. all turned out really well. I think so, hard work is in your DNA, sounds like. It is. It is. We grew up and we graduated out of a milkshed. So, <laughs> so did you, uh, have you lived in Watertown for a long time? All or? my life. Yeah. All my life. Yep. So you graduated from Watertown? We graduated in 1985. There you go. Watertown High there School. There you go. You're a huge supporter of different events throughout so, the Watertown community, athletics and that sort of thing. We do. We support that. Ball fields, basketball teams, softball, soccer, wrestling. I mean, about all of them. You name it. You're you there. name it, we do it. That's yes. awesome. Yeah, but if you support the community, they will support you. That's true. You know. That's true. So how big has the company grown to today? Uh, started out just me, and then my brother came along, and he wanted to say, can we make it? And I said, I think we can make it. And now it's uh, it's evolved a lot more than that. We take care of a lot of a lot of people. And I uh, work around 15 to 16 people, and then I've got sub-crews. And most days we're working anywhere from 15 to 16 to 20 to 25, you know. Wow. Anyway, and it's uh, you just go out and take care of the customers. Like I said, they'll take care of you. You've got to be one of the larger employers in Watertown, maybe the largest. I don't Not know. Not the largest, but I'm up there, you know. Yeah, at the top, there's one or two that's quite a few more, but, you know. Watertown's not that big of a, a it's city. It's not, but so. we've had a little bit of industry grow up out in the industrial park out there. Yeah. And it's evolved a lot out there. So they've got a few out there that's in, you know, employing quite a few employees. As far as uh, the brands that you typically sell when you're recommending a unit for someone, if they're in the market, uh, there's certain ones you kind of steer towards most of the time? We or? do. We do a lot of REAM. Uh, okay. Ring product. We do a lot of American Standard product and some York product. Okay. And we'll go up to about 30 tons. And Diane, we do a lot of uh, light commercial, small industrial, but uh, 30 tons is about as big as I want more to go. We take, we take care of a lot of churches, you know, so there's any given Sunday, you may be at a church somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's true. What kind of services do you provide? I know you, you, do installs for new units do you also do repair we do we do repairs i run four service trucks every day and if we need another one to run service i mean we'll run five and if they can't handle it i'll jump in there and go help them so i mean that's no problem whatsoever but we uh we work on a lot of units every day Uh, most days i you know it'll vary on service calls you'll do anywhere from 10 up to 40 a day you know just depends on you know how the work is how the weather is and if you do 40 a day, there's not a lot wrong with the lot that you've seen. You know what That's I'm saying? That's true. They so, were quicker. But most of the time, you'll end up to 20, 10 to 20 to, or better, you know, that you do a day. Do you see the, the workload shifting dramatically with the change in seasons and weather and yes. that sort of thing? I guess and units a, are put in stress and things. As there's changes. a lot more repairs right now due to the economy the way it is as well. You know, That's true, too. Yeah, There's a lot more. And supply and demand has got the parts to a... Um, where they're hard to get compared right. to some are and some are not, you know, some of them are getting in a timely manner and some of them are not so timely. Yeah. We waited on some commercial units for some uh, commercial buildings mm-hmm. for over 12 months, you know, 11 yes. months, you know, it's just, we're having to wait. They've gone back down to seven months now on some of them. So, so some of this, I guess is probably due to the COVID. It is where they have up. to, where they have to build them, yeah. you know? Yeah. So how do you know as a, Typical house owner, if you're having some issues with your unit, how do you know when it's time to repair versus replace? Is there some tips that you can give us for that? Whenever you get into the repair to versus replacement right there, you got a unit that's got several years of age on it, and it's going to cost a third or better to repair it versus replacement, and the unit's probably eight years old or nine years old or better. Gotcha. You, know, you have to start looking at that point. You know, where's my dollar going to be the best spent at? Mm-hmm. It, Am I going to save enough money by going with a higher seer? Because there is different seer ratings on these units. 
And a sear rating, to put it in all terms, is like putting a larger radiator on the same size engine to make that engine run cooler or more efficient. Okay. Which lowers the utility bill, but it does cost you more up front. But so, the higher your sear, the lower your utility bill. I got you. So really, it's a trade-off, and you pay a little more at the beginning of the purchase process for a higher sear unit, but you really save it on you're the saving back money end. Yeah. You're saving on the back end a lot of money. Yeah. Wow. That's, I've always wondered what sear... <clears throat> meant and how that kind of right. went together with package units or separate units. Like your packaged units, you can go up to a 16 sear on the packaged units. And um, on your split systems, you can go up to a 20 sear, 17 to 20, depending on the product. So uh, for those that may not know, what's the difference between a packaged unit? The and packaged a split unit system? is a self-contained unit that sits outside. All the units sets outside. Okay. Uh, split systems actually like cutting that unit in half. You got to half of it in the attic. You got your evaporator fan motor. You got your evaporator coil and your electric heat kit up in there. And you have a copper line set and uh, drain lines coming from point A to point B. Okay. And another thing that a lot of people don't do and they, they wait because that unit's working great. There's no sense in paying nobody to come and look at it till they get a water coming through their ceiling or, oh, you know, no. we yeah. got the units off and it's Saturday afternoon at five o'clock, you know, and it is good to have a general service done uh, once or twice a year and clean them drains out, check your coils. And I think, well, they didn't do nothing while they was here, but you might find something very small that saves you thousands. You can catch it early enough you and can it can catch save it you a early. lot of money, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. We open up a lot of units where they have a lot of uh, ants or ladybugs inside the condensers or, you know, around the contactors' right. coils that, uh, you know, that could pretty much destroy your unit in the right application right there. Now, so. That's one of the things I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about today as far as um, maybe giving our viewers and listeners some tips maintenance-wise on what they need to do to keep their unit running well. Change your filters. Every every time you get your light bill is a good way to say it. Change your filter. Okay. Put a new filter in. Because airflow is uh, the proper airflow on the newer product versus the older product. Mm -hmm. If your airflow is not right, it's going to cost you. So you're paying higher in energy costs? Yes, sir. For, if you yes, don't sir. have a good filter in there? Because a lot of your new ones, uh, all you can buy is your pleated filters in some, you know, like Walmart or places like that. Yeah. And whenever it sucks it in and you can put a basketball or a soccer ball in between your grill and your filter, that filter is restricted too much and you're not getting enough airflow out of it. Oh, that's a good tip. Too. We run into it on a very daily basis right there. Yeah. And it's actually costing you more to operate it. The thinner filter, and this is just an old school term, take Pam cooking oil and spray that thinner filter mm -hmm. and catch the dirt. And that's going to do the same thing as your thicker 3M filter. Oh, Okay. And it will, what it's actually going to do is save you money because you're actually getting enough airflow back through the system to let that unit operate properly like it's supposed to because right. you get uh, so much air, whatever comes through that grill has mm -hmm. to go out your supply grills. I had other people uh, kind of ask me, uh, explain to me how that actually works. So I'll get the filter and actually put it up there, get and them to hold their them. hand over the, over to the grill. Yeah. Then I'll take the filter off and they actually see the airflow difference between not having it and having it in the grill. That's interesting. And uh, yeah. that, you know, give you a better understanding about how it actually operates. What's your thoughts on, uh, I don't want to say it's a controversial topic, but everybody's got their opinion, right? Yes, correct. Uh, what's your opinion on electric versus gas when it comes to trying, if you were building a new home, for instance, and mm -hmm. you had both available, do you, yes. are there some tips that you or advice you might give us as far as making that selection? It depends on what you've been used to in the past, what you was raised up with, the hotter heat, 
or, you know, some people like the hotter heat. Yeah. Gas is going to give you an instant hotter heat. A heat pump, uh, a higher efficiency heat pump, even a low series unit on a new construction house that's insulated properly, mm -hmm. uh, you'll be fine with a heat pump. Yeah. I mean, it'll be awesome. So some of that's just what you're used to, what you grew like, up with. Yes, what you grew up with. But also, another thing on your new construction, uh, a lot of people are foaming the whole house or whatnot, and what we're running into a lot of times, they are making the houses so tight and not putting any uh, outside air coming in through the units themselves that they're getting a smell or something coming from the units. Okay. In other words, it needs a little bit of outside air to come in to help that unit out. The house is built so tight it can't breathe. So air quality is a big deal, it especially with big, newer Very homes. big deal. Yeah. Yes, sir. If they're built correctly, it's, it's a big deal. I've got one right now. Well, two actually that I'm working on that the house, we didn't do the houses, but that's something that we're going back in and trying to help the, the homeowners with. So if I find myself in that situation where it's, um, let's say I give you guys a call, my unit uh, it fits the criteria where it's time to replace, but maybe I don't have all the funds together to purchase that huge. We've got financing fund. plans available through uh, okay. TVA. Okay. And we can go through TVA and do that. We've also got Wells Fargo, which is another means of financing. That's you know, good. Give you five years, same as cash. Yep. TVA will put you up on a 10 year note. It's uh, at 8% interest right now. But, uh, and both of them are good plans to give you a means of payment, you know. Right. That way you don't have to come up with it all out of pocket. So. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because sometimes you don't expect you, that. Sometimes they happen quickly. You don't quickly. have anything out of pocket at that point. So, right. you know, at either way right there. What's your main service areas that you kind of do business in? Is Just wherever. I try to keep it within 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. You know, we do a lot of work in Carthage. We do a lot of work in Smithville. We go, we went, we've got quite a few jobs in Sparta. Um, back in Lebden, we live in Lebden pretty much every day. It's mm -hmm. Mount Giet. You know, just the surrounding counties right here, Hartsville, we do a little over that way too. Pleasant Shade, Defeated, a uh, little Salt Lick. A little bit of everywhere, really. A little bit of everywhere, yes, sir. Yeah. A little bit of everywhere. Have you noticed a big change in in uh, technology with all of these uh, new thermostats and connected mm -hmm. devices and all that, smart homes and stuff like that? Yes, there is a lot of stuff out there, a lot of different thermostats. We do a lot of thermostats where they're actually connected to your phone, your iPhone, and you can operate them from wherever you're at. I think that's You can set really the temperatures. Neat. You can have yeah. them come on and off at any given time. A lot, of, a lot of our commercial facilities, we use a lot of Honeywell, where they actually can operate them off their phones, or they got them coming on uh, three hours before service or four hours before service. Or if they're, um, say they were having a funeral, they can set at work and actually turn the thermostat on without them even being at the place. So, We've come a long way. Yeah, we've come a long ways. <laughs> we've come a long ways. I think of those really old-timey thermostats that, you know, we saw as kids that, yes. that would not die. So they've probably been on the wall for 30 years. There's you know. a lot of them that's still there. Too. Oh, I bet there is probably. There's probably a lot of old units might, might be sticking around, too, that, you know. We run into a few. Yeah. We've run into quite a few that's 30-year-old or so. Wow. So. That's great. Do you have to, um, is a different set of knowledge that you have to have to be able to operate on such a wide variety of units? But I'm sure the technology inside those has changed a lot over it's, the years. You pretty much, it's going to computers. Everything is pretty much computers now compared to what it used to be. Yeah. And the um, Freon is another whole story. We was at R22 at 410A, and now we're going to two or three other blends in uh, 2025. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's going to get very interesting as we go along. I bet that can also change your decision on whether or not you can repair or replace based on the cost of some of these 
different refrigerants the or availabilities are, of Yeah, them. the refrigerants has got quite a bit more expensive. Yeah. Used to, we would keep a lot, and now whenever you start buying that much, it's like buying a new car, new house. You know what I mean? When yeah. you buy something. It's an investment, right? It's a very big investment. Pressures on all the Freons has changed, you know, to a higher uh, pressures. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got to know what you're doing when you're working on them, because if you don't, you could get hurt very oh, badly. Yeah, that's know? a good point, too. If you're not sure, don't be inside that unit. Don't be unit. inside that unit. Messing I'm, with it, yeah. Yeah, could, you could be, you know, get in trouble in a hurry. Yeah. As far as uh, maybe some of the services that DTC helps you with, it, I know uh, I know you advertise a lot on some of our sports programming I and do. that sort of thing, and we appreciate that. We've, we've enjoyed They've that relationship. They've got a great, they got good phone service. They have, uh, the internet service has been awesome because we've got that at my house. also got it at the office. Awesome. And whenever we call for service, it don't take very long at all. It'd be hard to do a business of any type almost in this day and age without reliable internet. It's become almost not really an option anymore. You have to have it. You have to have it. You have to have it. Yeah. Yeah, whenever it goes down, I'm usually on the phone, and I've learned how to work on a lot of it myself, but if I can't get it going, y'all will have a truck there within... 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I'm glad there's people like you that can think on the fly and adapt and overcome as needed. Because you know what? It's a big deal. If your mm-hmm. unit goes out, especially in certain climates, you know, if it's nice in April yes. or October and it's in 68 mm-hmm. outside, it's not that That's big not of a rush. That's not that bad. But when it's 20 degrees outside in the winter or if it's 101 Last <laughs> Christmas summer, was rough. Yeah. Last Christmas, I spent more time in my truck and my serviceman did than they did at home. Christmas with their families. Wow. We had over 200 calls uh, within one day right there. And uh, we had one one city right down there that the gas got cut off over half the city. And I mean, we had like 12 or 15 calls on the same streets. Oh my goodness. And didn't realize what was going on, but we would pull in on a service call and they was having continuous blackouts. Yeah. And when we'd pull in, the lights would go out. So we'd have to back out of that driveway with four wheel drive and go to another driveway. You know what I mean? It's just that's uh, another thing I didn't think about too. You've got to be able to, in all types of weather, get to the customer, right? Yes, correct. That's a big deal too. Yeah, snow. I mean, it's uh, you got to be safe about doing it. So, but uh, if they're out there and they're elderly or whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, they need help, yeah, you know, well, I'm I'm thankful that you guys are there, and it's 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 more than just a service of convenience; it's a service of of safety. It is know, to have the proper climate in your home, you know, especially you know. You know, if you're a younger person, you might can put up with a little heat in mm-hmm. your house for a few hours while you're waiting or whatever. Right. But if you have a, a medical condition or if you're an older person, you or something have like to that, have it. Real it's quick. not an option, is it? It's not an option at all. Yeah. No. Well, I'm glad there's smart people like you out there, Randy, that I are doing this the sort smart, of thing. But we can make it work. <laughs> hey, you're doing something right. So, hey, I appreciate you being on our show today. And hey, we wish you. you all the best of luck in your business. And we uh, appreciate y'all for what y'all do for us. So. Well, thank you. Well, the feeling is mutual. So. And keep doing what you're doing. You're obviously doing something right. So It's all working anyway. So. There you go. All Thanks, right. Randy. All right. Thank you. Hey, we'll be uh, right back in just a moment with more of The Local Click. Stay with us. Here's normal internet speed. Here's the gig difference. Average speed, gig. Not enough speed, gig speed. With gig internet from DTC, everything's different. Video streaming is a breeze. Music and photos fly and gaming gets real with no data limits. That's the gig difference. Call or visit DTC online and get your gig today. Welcome back to The Local Click for December. And I'm here with Justin, and Justin's going to help us out with something he does each and every month that we like to call Justin's 
tech tips. So, Justin, take it away. Well, you know, I always like to start with questions. And so the thing I've got to ask you, when we were setting up to record the podcast today, Mm -hmm. we booted everything up, everything worked just perfect, didn't it? Sure. We had a little bit of an we had a little bit of a technology issue uh, with the with the setup as we were recording today, and you know what? Sometimes that's going to happen. But when we were trying to resolve it, number one in troubleshooting one hundred and one is is what? What do you always do first? Honestly, the number one thing I do is reboot reboot your device, and so that's what we did. We rebooted the device; it booted back up, and it was functioning properly after we rebooted it. And so that's going to be the tech tip today. It's going to be reboot your devices. You may not think too much about it. You may think, oh, my device can run all the time. And and most people think about it. When was the last time you restarted your cell phone? When did you power it off and and just power it back on? Computers, we do a little bit more. But for the most part, a lot of people, if you've got a desktop, you probably don't reboot that thing uh, very much at at all. And there's several benefits uh, to rebooting. Uh, First and foremost is, is troubleshooting, right? That's probably the most... Oftentimes, mm-hmm. people people decide to that I've got something going on. I'm I'm stuck on this frozen screen. This app isn't working. This program stopped working. It's not responding. Maybe I'm having a connectivity issue with my Wi-Fi. You know, whatever it is. And so, number one, go ahead and reboot that thing. And oftentimes, that will resolve it. But there's some other things too that that help out performance wise. If your system's been running for a long time, you're going to have a lot of stuff running in the background. You're going to have programs eating up valuable system resources and eating into your RAM and other things, and that's going to cause your system to slow down. It's going to cause it to be bogged down. And by rebooting, it's going to refresh that. It's going to renew it. It's going to close those old programs down. Maybe you may have something running in the background that's been running there for a week that you didn't know about. Well, you reboot it. That program's not going to be running there. And if it is a program that has been running, maybe you have a background program, well, it's going to have a clean slate as well. So it's going to speed your system up. You're going to see some performance improvements. And you know I'm all about security, right? I like the security side. I like yes. to talk about I like to talk about security. There's also a security benefit to restarting. We've talked about updates as part of the process for tech tips before. By restarting your system, if you do have any pending updates, Usually your operating system will go ahead and install those as part of that process. But also, from a security standpoint, there's some malware and other things that may infect your system that a reboot for certain types of malware will cause it to be ineffective because it, it a reboot of it will break whatever mechanism it's using. It's a short-term thing. It fishes and gets in your system. Sometimes reboots can fix that as well. So there's many, 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 many benefits Uh, to rebooting your system. So if you're having an issue, screen's frozen, it's slowing down, you think, what do I need to do? What's the first thing you should do? Reboot, right? Reboot. Reboot it for a renewal of your system, and you may just be surprised how much it benefits and helps you. I like that. And it's something we uh, forget about a lot, isn't it? You want What's your first reaction when you have a problem? A lot of times is to almost panic a little bit, right? And, oh, no, what am I going to do? But... Sometimes it's just as simple as just, you know, restarting and rebooting a device, and there you go. You know, I, I, I know, you know, anytime you call a tech support for anything, for any company or any product, one of the first things they're going to do is say reboot. And you're going to be like, oh, I know this is what everybody always says to do. But the truth is, probably half the time or more, that actually fixes what the issue is. That's right. why it's recommended so much, because... There's so much that it does by closing everything down and opening it back up that it resolves so many 
issues. But we're so used to devices are always on, devices are always connected, and they always need to work. So sometimes maybe we just need to take a couple minutes to relax, let everything be renewed a little bit. So take a deep breath, relax, and reboot. With us during this segment of The Local Click, we have Virginia and Susan with Rockabilly Coffee. Hello, and thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having us. You guys have a shop in Carthage, Tennessee, is that right? Yes. Virginia, why don't you start with us? Um, So my name is Virginia Alexander, and I live in New Middleton. We have our coffee shop in Carthage. Um, I was originally born in California. Uh, Mom and dad are, well, mom's from there. Dad's from Pennsylvania. Um, We lived there till I was about seven, and then they decided to move to Tennessee, and we lived in Smith County from that point on. Um, And like most people who live in a small town, I had moved off and planned to never come back. So as far as I could get was Murfreesboro for college, but then I had big plans to leave the state of Tennessee after that. Um, and then just, I I missed the small aspect of a community and kind of that it's, it's great that everybody knows everybody and it's kind of also bad that everybody knows everybody, but I I definitely (laughs) missed that. Um, living in Murfreesboro, it was growing as a huge community and I had a small community of people, but it wasn't the same as a small town where everybody knew who you were and what was going on. And, and you know, if something went wrong with your family, they were there for you. And it's, it can be lonely in a bigger city. So um, I had missed that aspect of it and decided to move home. Um, I went to MTSU for photography and communications um, and then graduated in the recession. So that was part of it too, is yeah, you know, took a, just whatever job I could get. Right. Um, ended up working at Josora coffee shop in, uh, Murfreesboro for three years and fell in love with coffee and the experience and the restaurant aspect of it, which I'd worked in restaurants before, but, um, that really taught me the love of coffee. And, um, I had always wanted to do that eventually. It was on my like bucket list, you know, to have a coffee shop one day and, Um, so that was kind of what always, you know, had in the back of my mind that I would work toward. Um, but then I moved home in 2012 and went to grad school at Tennessee Tech because, you know, when you can't find a job, why not go back to school? (laughs) I understand. (laughs) Um, and so I did that. I was actually thinking about being a high school, uh, English teacher. And in the midst of that was volunteering a lot with the Smith County Chamber of Commerce and um, fell in love with just community projects and working on things like the Carthage Junction Depot. We did River City Ball, um, a couple of other projects in town, just events in general for the town of Carthage um, through the chamber. And um, I fell in love with that and then was able to find um, that I could get paid to do that stuff through the development district. So I was working with all 14 counties in the Upper Cumberland doing community projects and grants and things like that. And so I did that for about seven years um, and then COVID hit. And that's when I had a lot more time at home to actually put a business plan together. And I told my husband that I needed to figure it out and put it on paper. Cause I was like, I've dreamt about this. If anybody knows me, they'd know that I want to start a coffee shop. And I thought I need to get this on paper. If it's going to work, it's going to work. If not, I can put that dream to bed and move on. And so it worked out where just the numbers were working and the hotel had recently been purchased at the time with a new owner and he was willing to do some more renovations and wanted to see businesses go in. And so just a lot of things started lining up for us. And then that's kind of how the coffee shop started. Wow. You know, life is like that as far as circumstance, a lot of times Mm -hmm. will dictate your path. Mm -hmm. It seems like, right? Circumstances that really kind of are beyond our control. 
Oh, yes, but absolutely. It, at the end of the day, you look back and you go, I'm so glad things worked out the way they did because mm-hmm. I really like where I am. Oh, yeah. Right there now. were so many times that I was like, why didn't this happen? Or I would look for a, a new job or look for a promotion. And it was like, things are not working out. Like, I don't understand why that person's moving forward in this and I'm not. And, right. You know, it was all like to place me where I needed to be. And, you know, because if I had taken a job with like the state of Tennessee, I wouldn't be doing this right now. And this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. So, it's kind of cool how all that lines up. You and just to push see, the timeline yeah. further a little faster exactly. than you planned oh, on. Yeah, but, absolutely. But still, it actually worked out really great. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. I always like to see when people get to live their dreams out mm-hmm. and uh, and get to do them quicker than they originally, you know, planned on. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, how about you, Susan, as far as uh, what's your background? Well, I was born in a small town in Northern California and in an old house <laughs> that uh, eventually became a bed and breakfast, I think. But um, I have four siblings, and my parents actually started off in Oklahoma and Arkansas, um, moved out to California when they were younger and found a place in Northern California and uh, built their house there. And we moved in when I was about two. So I lived there all my life. And then I thought I wanted to live in the big city of San Francisco. <laughs> I got a job there and uh, got down there and did not like it. <laughs> Because coming from that small of a town into being thrown into a huge city like that was just kind of scary for me. So I didn't last long there. But um, And I met my husband there. He was in the Navy. And so he went back to Pennsylvania, where he's from, and we communicated by mail and phone calls and um, got married uh, the next year and tried living in Pennsylvania and didn't really care for that either. (laughs) Went back to California and... We stayed there and had our kids there, and then we got to talking to our friends that are he's actually from here and um, decided that this might be a good place to come try out. So we moved out here. I came out here sight unseen. Oh, wow. <laughs> and at that time, it was in the early 90s, and we pulled off the interstate, and there were two old gas stations. And I said, is this it? And my husband said, no, no, there is a town. <laughs> so, um, But we... Um, found a place to live and um, raised our kids there and they all went to Gordonsville and um, I went to work at Rackley Roofing and stayed there for 25 years but I had always told Virginia if you ever start a coffee shop I will be your baker of course in my mind I'm thinking you know that's a long shot and then she called me one day during COVID and said okay we're doing it <laughs> you're like uh-oh and I we said, have to do it now I right? told her I said well we you could have done it when I was a little younger, but we'll go for it. <laughs> I've told people I felt like God just moved his hand over the whole situation of, you know, this is happening and this is how it's going to happen. Right. <laughs> so tell me what it's like to work with your mom each day and that family connection and getting to be together so much. Yeah, um, we love it. I would say if we'd done it 10 years ago, it would not have been as easy. Um, just like anybody, I thought I knew everything and, you know, that my parents knew nothing. So as <laughs> children, as I got, as children I we never <laughs> think that, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and I got through my 20s and realized, you know, throughout that, like how often my parents were right and how much they had done for me. And um, they've been such an inspiration to me. And, you know, I was nervous because I knew, I mean, mom had had a desk job for a long time. And I had worked in in and out of restaurants and, of course, in a coffee shop. And so I knew that she was kind of nervous about moving into something like that. And, you know, I've I've talked to other people, too, and business partnerships can be 
iffy and, you know, with family, sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be bad, but you know, mom and I have such a strong relationship that we've really nurtured over the last five to 10 years. And so I wasn't nervous so much about that part of it. Um, but it's been such a blessing, like both for both me and her. And then to also like see my dad involved in it as well, because he recently retired and, so we always joke, like he comes in and, you know, opens the front door and waves to everybody that's in there and talks and, <laughs> you know, goes and sees all the customers and he'll come help with the dishes. And some of the girls at the shop have laughed because it's like, well, we just leave the dishes till Jerry's going to get here and <laughs> we'll that. let them pile up because we're like, he's coming in to do dishes. We don't have to do that. And mom kind of handles all the baking and I handle the coffee and the management side of things. And so it's been a really good balance, you know, to have each other and back each other up, you know, like we've she takes care of me. I'm always going to be her daughter, you know, and like now we're also transitioning into that time of life where I'm taking and noticing, you know, the things that my parents might need. Um, so it's helped me notice too, like, okay, she needs a day off, you know, <laughs> we're going to get her <laughs> off the schedule for a couple of days. And, um, and she does the same thing, you know, making sure that I don't overextend myself too much. Sure. And, um, so I think it's a really good balance for us. And because we're family, because we're mother daughter, I think we have a different type of care toward the, toward each other and toward right. the business in general. Right. At first, it, I'll admit it was a rough start because it was just the two of us and we, and with a little family help, but we thought we could just handle it all. And she said, Oh mom, you're going to be able to go shopping and go out to lunch with your friends. And I was like, where'd that go? Cause I mean, thankfully we were busy, but, um, Somebody's told me, oh, you shouldn't go into business with your daughter. You're going to hate each other. And um, But because she does the coffee and I bake and we don't tell each other what to do, you know, that, that makes a huge difference. If I was trying to get in her coffee stuff and tell her how to make things, it might not go over as well. <laughs> That's a good point, though. You both kind of have your own lane, we don't do. you, in the business. Yeah. You know, she might suggest something for a holiday or something, but for the most part, it's just, we have cinnamon rolls every day. That's our main pastry, and oh wow! And um, then we just kind of go from there. And I've got a couple of the girls baking for me when I'm off. So, um, but it's been a really good experience. It was it was scary for me to go from a desk job to thinking, are people really going to buy my food? And um, what am I going to bake? And how much to bake? And um, you know, what kind of customers are we going to have? And it's just all just been a great experience. Oh, that's awesome. I remember my friends when I was younger, always talking about like they'd come over to our house and mom always had baked goods. She'd have a cake plate with something on it or brownies or cookies going. Um, and I always tell people, you know, my mom's always been, there's always room at the table. And I was like, she didn't necessarily invite them. I did, <laughs> but she was always like, okay. And but she would turn a, them you down, know, Exactly. Right? Yeah. She'd always put another plate down and she'd always let people in and she always had food to give to people who would come to our house or if she knew somebody, you know, the, the, a family at the funeral home or whatever. And she did, she always served with food and loved with food. And so it's really cool to see the community see that too, because we've seen um, some of our customers like that are going through a hard time and it's like, they just come in because they're like, I just need, I need coffee and one of mom's cinnamon rolls, you know, and they just want that comfort that food. Comfort, and yeah. she's always looking at different recipes. Like we were just on vacation and she was Googling recipes the whole time, you know, as we tried <laughs> food. And so it's really cool to see her like, cause it's a passion that she's had and a passion that you know, she can share with people. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool to see that because she's always, she's a more like quiet behind the scenes kind of person. And it's really cool to see her kind of come into her own and, and really own, own the baking part of it, but then also like blossoming into a it's business owner as well. Yeah. It, to see yeah. That side it's really it. cool. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about your menu, the kind of coffees and uh, pastries and desserts. Yeah. Well, like I said, our cinnamon rolls are our main, we have those every day. And then I'll 
you know, some days it's just like whatever I feel like baking or what's on hand, you know, to, to make. We make, uh, we have some oat bars that we put a jam filling in between. Those are kind of a staple. And then muffins. And, of course, we also have bagels and scones and uh, um, just kind of whatever I feel like making. I try to do some holiday things when the, you know, during the season, if I can come up with something. That's and always fun, isn't it? At first, I didn't. I couldn't think beyond. I was making eight pans of cinnamon rolls a day and oh muffins, and I couldn't think beyond that. <laughs> so now that we have extra help, it's nice to kind of take recipes and we well, can be through. more creative. Yes, right? yeah. yes. Instead of just the same thing all the time, because I didn't. My husband would say at night he'd tell my son she's out because <laughs> they'd be so tired, and mm-hmm. now I have more time to to explore. What about some of the drinks, the coffee drinks or other drinks you make guys? Oh yeah. So we have, um, we have like what we call our classic menu, which has just the basics of like a, a latte and cappuccino, white chocolate mocha, dark chocolate mocha, that type of thing. And we have a couple of tea drinks, uh, like hot teas and stuff like that. Um, and then we have our specialty drinks, which we've always had fun naming. So, um, like one of our most popular is the last minute. Uh, it's our caramel macchiato, but we've named it after my father-in-law because it's his favorite drink. Um, and so he he does diesel truck pooling during the summertime, and his truck is called the last minute. And it's I mean it makes so total you're paying sense. homage to him a little yes, bit. With yes, yes, yeah. and we have a couple like one of them's named after one of my dogs. Um, oh, that's and, fun. You know, just so it's been fun to kind of name the drinks that way. Um, and then we have, like I said, our classic stuff. And then every season we add different flavors. So. Um, some advice that was given to me when we started was to keep things simple, you know, don't have, you know, peppermint all year long, don't have pumpkin spice all year long, like give people options during the seasons, but don't overwhelm yourself with 30 different flavors and at all times. And that's really helped us. And it's made it fun because we've kind of come up with our own creations. And then we get to come up with really cute, fun names. Like we have a gingerbread latte right now called not my gumdrop buttons. And, you know, it's just something (laughs) silly, but it's, you know, it gets people. Yeah. Yeah. And like people want to work through the different um, menu items and stuff every season that we have that. And um, so we, but we use um, our roaster for our coffee beans is out of Franklin and Nashville. They're called Honest Coffee. Um, and we established a really great relationship with them in the beginning because um, we knew we wanted a small roaster. I didn't want to just buy bulk coffee from anybody. Um, and I found them and we set up a tasting and they were actually the only ones that got back to us. And at that point, it didn't matter anyways, because we fell in love with them the minute we sat down with them. Like we went down on a really rainy Sunday to the old factory in Franklin where their original roasting facility was. And they did a whole cupping with us, which is kind of like a wine tasting. And they they grind oh, okay. all the beans for you. And you, you go through different um, stages of smelling the beans and tasting the beans. Um, and then the, and they just like, they went through how they do it and then the different blends. And then what really spoke to us was they have really close relationships with their farmers in South America. Um, and Papua New Guinea is uh, one of the roasters um, or the farms that we work with. And they have great relationships with them. They're small. They're ethical. Um, and that, that matters a lot to us. And, you know, then they also have, they look at their coffee as a craft and it's not just, here's your beans, you know, and like, let's just, you know, move through this and have a million customers. They really take pride in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anytime they've had a change in a farmer or change in, you know, something going on, they've been so great to, you know, call us and just be like, Hey, like, we've got to switch this up. Is this going to be okay? And, They've been so open with us about everything um, that they're doing, and that makes us feel really good about the coffee that we're selling. And it's really, really good coffee, too. That's that's one of the questions I wanted to ask today because, you know, as a society, Americans drink a ton of coffee. Mm -hmm. They really do in general. But what's the difference between a good cup of coffee that you might just have, you know, from the store Mm -hmm. and a great 
cup of coffee. Is it, does it start there at the beans or? What I, is yes, it? I think so. I think the farming practices are really important, which I mean, everything's better when you know you're, you know, contributing to good, um, which yeah. I think is, you know, it helps when, when we know, like we might be spending a little bit more on mm-hmm. a cup of coffee at, at our, at our coffee shop versus at, you know, a diner or something, but we know that the coffee came from a good source. And then we also have, um, you know, we fresh grind every, every day. So like they send us the beans that are, that are freshly roasted, um, like within, you know, a week of us getting the shipment, we will use most of that coffee. Um, and so it's super fresh and also, um, we fresh grind. So we have like as we do our lattes, we do a double shot for every drink. It's freshly ground. And when we do a fresh pot of coffee, it's freshly ground coffee. And that really makes a difference. Um, and we use, we do have a water filtration system, which does help as far as the flavor goes. Um, it's just going to, you know, make it, it, it keeps the taste out from like, I don't know, water pollution and that type of thing. Um, and it just makes the coffee smoother. But that's something I wouldn't think about. Mm-hmm. You don't think about the quality of the water that goes into yes. a cup mm-hmm. of coffee, but I'm sure that's a really big deal. Probably. Oh, yeah. And the temperature yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, we're right under boiling for most of our, um, for our hot coffee. And then also for the espresso machine, it stays around 200 degrees. Um, and that's the scientific part of it. But I think, you know, as far as a, making a good coffee versus a great coffee is, I think, the people behind it. And the experience. And that was what working at Joe Zora's in Murfreesboro taught me was, you know, I remember my boss telling me like, well, you look out in the dining room, you see there's men and they drink their coffee with their arm up and it's business. And, you know, they're, they're just drinking their coffee and they're on with their day. And she's like, and you look out there and you see most women and they're like cuddled up with their coffee and they're talking to their friend and they're journaling and it's an experience for them. And which has been cool too, seeing the very diverse group of customers that we do have, but the experience behind it. And they're excited about who's making their coffee. They know us by name. We know them by name. And then, you know, it's, it's a good cup of coffee, but it just like, I don't know, there's the experience of it, you know, behind it. And, and they, I think that's what makes it a great cup of coffee is like that environment and the, the experience of getting it with your friends or just, you know. It's more than just a cup of coffee. It's almost like a relationship. And I bet you Mm -hmm. have a lot of the same people that come in as customers on a routine basis, right? You get to Mm -hmm. know them, get to know their names, their families. And 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 we blended our own coffee. We set up our own blend and which was kind of scary in a way because it's like you are going to choose what you like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know it was neat to watch people take a drink and say boy this is a good cup of coffee (laughs) are there any house favorites or the the coffees that seem to be the most popular what would be your opinion Um, in general I think the last minute is probably our most popular which is our caramel macchiato so we use a caramel sauce and vanilla syrup in that one and then a double shot of espresso and steamed milk and that's probably our most popular like all the time Mm -hmm. Um, right now for our Christmas menu we have two drinks um, the fireside chat which is a boiled custard latte and then the Christmas vacation which is an eggnog latte um, well, that and sounds those, fun. Yes. And yeah. they are, they're they different. It. They're sweeter, you know, cause I mean, eggnog is pretty sweet within itself, but we steam that. Um, and then with the fireside chat, it's really cool. Cause it's kind of like a creme brulee flavor to it. And we've added butterscotch and then we actually torch the top of it with oh, the wow. sugar. Yeah. So it's got that little like sugar. You get to see that while it's mm-hmm. being made and everything. Wow. That's yeah. great too. That's fun. Yeah. So those would probably be our two most popular right now. Um, with the Christmas menu, but and, I mean, peppermint, everybody's obsessed with it as well. So can't go wrong yeah. there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about some of the pastries? I know you mentioned the cinnamon rolls. That's probably the staple, they do right? Like those. And then, uh, but if she posts, you know, hey, mom made muffins today, here they come in. Oh, yeah. You know, and social media was so fun. Yes. She's yeah. like, these are never going to sell. And I was like, just watch. And I would post something on social media. And she's like, oh, they sold out. And I was like, yeah, I told and you. And there's that's certain how it people that like, 
you know, a certain today, one guy told me, he said, I haven't seen chocolate muffins in forever. Where are they? You know? And so there's certain people that like different, different types of things and they'll, they'll ask me when I'm going to make something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny how you can take that and then uh, transition into technology and how that changes Mm -hmm. uh, how you approach your business on a day-to-day basis. How does, how does technology such as high-speed internet or some of the services DTC probably provides to your business there affect how you do business day-to-day? It's great in the sense of we have, we provide internet at the shop for our customers. It makes everything super seamless. We have online ordering. Our point of sale system, like I said, is set up um, through Square, but it's connected to our Wi-Fi and, you know, it, our, our uh, receipt paper prints out just connected to the register as well. So the the orders come out very easily for us to move through things. So it's a very, very cool way in doing it, especially when you think back to, I mean, I've kind of worked in restaurants for a long time. So I've known like when it was all handwritten Mm -hmm. and you just typed in dollar amounts, you know, and so, and not even that you would just tally up the paper and there was not even a credit card machine. Like I remember the credit card machines coming out when I was working at Timberwolf. We don't have to tell her age, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And so it's been really cool to see how seamless it is with things. And, you know, if we have a new menu item, like we added something today and it's like, oh, I just add it in and it's done. I don't have to go. I don't have to call call anybody. I don't have to do like a whole menu reset. Everything is just right there. And it's super easy for us to use and very intuitive, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's fun to see how technology works in that sense of like, they kind of know what we're thinking and what, you know, how it will work better for us. So it's, it's scary in one way, but also very easy um, and great for business when we're, you know, trying to, to change things up. And you have to adapt with Mm -hmm. technology because if you don't, you really do get left behind in in some ways, you know, because there's always someone down the road, maybe doing something similar, you know, that, that may be using that as a competitive advantage, you Mm -hmm. know, and that sort of thing. So, well, I know I'm sold personally and I'm ready to go visit (laughs) because there's a lot of things I want to try now and I want to take my wife and and the boys over too. And just, we may try to get one of each, you know, of several of these things. So uh, the name of the business again is Rockabilly Coffee and you're in Carthage, Tennessee. What's your address? 310 Main Street North. Okay. So you're right downtown. Okay. And what are your hours? Uh, We're open Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then Saturday from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Awesome. And if people want to keep in touch with you on social media, they just need to go to is just, it Facebook. Uh, yes, Instagram we are or? on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Rockabilly Coffee, but it is spelled R-O-K-A-B-I-L-L-Y. Well, Virginia and Susan, thank you so much for being with us today. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming to visit. So don't be surprised when I walk through the door here in a few <laughs> days and uh, go ahead and warm up the cinnamon rolls for me. So I'll, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be ready. So, But thank you guys for being in with us here in Woodbury, and we'll see you again soon, hopefully. Okay, thank you for having us. Hey, no problem. That's going to do it for this segment of The Local Click. Stay tuned. We've got more coming up in just a moment. You know that DTC provides great products and services to your home, and you can get the same great value for your business with DTC Business Solutions. Whether you're making sales over the phone or online to customers around the world, we deliver the reliable business solutions you need at a competitive price, and we do it all with uncompromising service. Let's talk about what matters to your business. Call DTC Business Solutions today. And it's time for our final segment and one of my favorite parts of the show because, again, we bring in the expert, Mr. Jared Bradshaw. So he's going to start us off with Ask the Experts. What do you got for us this month, Jared? This month, we are talking about the Command IQ app. So with the Command IQ app, that's what you're going to get whenever you have your service installed, or if you go pick up a router, you know, and do your self-install. 
So with the Command IQ app, you will be given a piece of paper from your installer, or it will be in the box that you pick up from the office. Okay. Um, starting off with it, you have to have a smartphone or some kind of smart device, tablet, whatever, to download the app. Um, you just go to your app store or Google Play store, and you're going to look up Command IQ, all one word. Um, you're going to select sign up towards the bottom of the screen. It'll come up with a login screen, but just go to the bottom and it'll say sign up. Okay. Um, you're going to enter in your personal information. It'll be the first name, last name, email address, and then a password for the app. Not a password for the Wi-Fi quite yet. After you do that, the QR code that is given to you on your router or on a, on this piece of paper when the install is done, you will scan this QR code. And where is that code at, if somebody wanted to know? It'll be on top of the router. On the very top. Or if, okay. if there's no sticker on top of the router, if you look on the bottom, there is a QR code down there that you could scan as well. Okay. But once you scan that, it'll bring you up with, it'll have the MAC address and everything, and you hit next. Once that comes up, it'll have the default Wi-Fi name and password. You go ahead and clear out the Wi-Fi name and put it for whatever you want. Um, the password will be the 16-digit password that comes on every router we have. You can cancel that out and put something. It has to be eight characters, nothing special. So you can make up your own if you yes, want to. Yes, absolutely. Instead of typing in that long password to every device, you can set it to an eight-character password to where it's just, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever, your dog's name, grandkids. <laughs> something easier to remember. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then once you do that, you're set up to go. Um, the cool thing about this app is you can set limitations on it, like with kids' devices. Say you want your kid to get off their iPad at like 8 o'clock. You can set a time frame, Wi-Fi cut off on this device at 8 o'clock, comes oh, back wow. on at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, stuff like that. But yeah. it's uh, it's really nice to have. You can check your speeds, you know, through the app. It'll tell you exact speeds. Um, you can also take and check uh, who's connected to your stuff. So if somebody connects to it and you don't know what the device is, you can kick them off. So it's kind of nice to have kind of like a... Turns you into like a, a manager of your own home security for your... Internet, correct. if you will. Correct. That's a lot of power. My kids will love that. No, kids hate it just because of the whole limit <laughs> thing. <laughs> but it's very well needed. I mean, you know, it's nice to be able to um, enforce some rules like that. Yeah. In a non, uh, I don't know how you would say it, uh, a non-authoritative way, I guess, as a parent. You know, you can always tell your kids, hey, you need to be off that iPad at nine o'clock at night. It's not always going to work. It doesn't always happen. And, I used uh, to wake up in the middle of the night and be like, I can, I can turn my PlayStation back on, you know. <laughs> not anymore. No. Not anymore. Well, that's awesome. Good job. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate it, man. All right. And now it's time for uh, our tech news roundup. And Justin is going to share some of the latest tech news out for the, this month. And what do you have for us today? Coming off of uh, some more AI news. You know, AI is probably going to be something that we're going to continue to talk about uh, each month. Uh, several things going on in the agriculture space. You know, and I know that we've had um, some farmers on here before and some other people who have talked about how they're incorporating AI into their business. Um, Japan and Canada and the U.S. are really ramping up some different segments in different areas from harvesting to production. Uh, and it's it's pretty interesting seeing the things that, that are going on. And so we're probably going to continue to see some more exciting things come from that. But in the AI space, too, there was almost a shakeup in the AI space recently. And so OpenAI, who is probably the leader in AI technology right now across the world, that's who uh, has ChatGPT and who, who uh, owns that and who are the ones who are the programmers behind that. 
Uh, their board of directors actually ousted their CEO, and their CEO temporarily went to Microsoft to lead their AI research team for a few days before the board at OpenAI completely changed and Sam Altman, who's the CEO, returned back uh, to OpenAI. And so there was a lot of people watching that because of what OpenAI does. And then he hopped over to Microsoft and almost every employee threatened to also go with him. <laughs> oh, there you uh, go. So showing how much loyalty uh, there was. And as we continue to watch that space, that, that, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting to see. Also had the, the second launch of SpaceX's Starship, uh, it was a failure technically, but to them, it, it was productive and it did what they thought it would do. It actually reached the outer edge of space before exploding. Uh, so most people may look at that and say, well, it, it didn't do what it was supposed to. No, it did what it wanted, what they wanted it to do. It, got, it actually got further than they anticipated. Uh, for a lot of people watching that and paying attention to that, they have a contract with NASA and they're still on their projected path to take individuals back to the moon by late 2025. Wow. Um, and so that's interesting to see space exploration, seeing putting more people out there in space, and, and also the transport of goods and services and the International Space Station and stuff is also uh, affected by that. So there, there's a lot uh, going on in, in the different uh, segments, whether it's here, terrestrial here on Earth, or whether it's out there uh, in space and, and beyond this world. We've got a lot of things uh, to consider and talk about. Well, I appreciate it, Justin. Thank you very much. And I'm sure you'll uh, kind of keep your eyes to the the tech internet roundup area so that if anything changes in that uh, realm, you can give us some more updates maybe next month. I, I do so. have a question for y'all. Uh-oh. Did y'all buy anything uh, Black Friday or Cyber Monday? <laughs> How about you, Jared? What'd you? I bought a table saw. Nice. Nice. Yep. That was the only thing I wanted. So now you get to do more work. Yeah. Great. Good job. <laughs> so you, get to be, you get to be productive. <laughs> the, no, no the, that is a good thing. The reason I asked that is Cyber Monday, the, the numbers are already rolling in, over $12 billion was wow. spent just on Cyber Monday through e-commerce. So people from the luxury of their homes, using their technology, using their internet, without going anywhere, spent over $12 billion in the U.S. That's an all, an all time It's hard to even imagine that kind of money. And now we're going to get into the next part of the show is which is called uh, What's Up DTC. And What's Up DTC is where we kind of talk about some of the places that we're going to be and some of the things going on. And we're going to start that off with some of the DTC3 broadcast schedule of events that are going on. High school basketball season is in full force, and you can catch a lot of that kind of content on DTC3 uh, throughout the basketball season. So make sure you tune in to Channel 3 or 303 on your DTC TV service, and you can get the complete schedule of the games that will be uh, recording for later broadcast at DTC3.tv. And also, as far as broadcast coming up on Channel 3, the local area Christmas parades will be happening throughout the month. And there'll be seven different ones of those that we'll have for you. So make sure you also check our website for information on when those will be airing, or you can follow us on social media as well. So uh, the DTC Christmas Elves will be reappearing this year. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jingle and Jangle. Jared, are you familiar with Jingle and Jangle? I am. Okay. Are you excited they'll be back? I guess. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> That's what he meant to say. He's very excited. He can barely contain it. So, But anyway, they'll both uh, be back visiting local schools very soon. And uh, you'll want to basically kind of keep in touch with us through social media, especially Facebook. I think would probably be the 
the best place to uh, see where Jingle and Jangle will be appearing throughout a lot of the schools in our service area. And that will be coming up here throughout the month of December. So you want to check for that. Then uh, as far as some of the uh, holiday closures for our offices, I do want to kind of share some of that information. If you want to stop by and uh, pay your bill or do some business with DTC, there are a few days we won't be open because of the holidays. That will be, of course, on um, Christmas, December the 25th, and that next Tuesday on the 26th, and on New Year's Day, which is on Monday, January the 1st. So we will be closed on those days. And we're getting ready to call this show a wrap. But before we do, I have a little special thing that I wanted to do for Christmas. I have here what I like to call Russell Stover Note. Russell Stover Note. And what this is, is $1 billion in Santa cash. And it's actually chocolate. And uh, it's better than cash because it's chocolate, right? So uh, what I'm going to do when the show is over is I'm going to split this in half. Justin, you get $500 million in chocolate cash. Yes. And Jared, you will also get five hundred million. Can I have his in too? chocolate cash? Can I have yours too? Uh, you have to negotiate with him. Christmas spirit. Uh, I don't know. He he was eyeing that with a lot of excitement. I don't think he's going to give his away. So, but anyway, uh, you guys don't fight for it. If you do, do it out in the parking lot when the show's over, okay? <laughs> but anyway, Merry Christmas to you both, and I hope you and your families have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, I hope Santa's really good, really good to you, and maybe even bring you some technology gifts and, and goodies. Well, I hope everybody that's here has a Merry Christmas. I hope all of our listeners have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, uh, too. It'll that'll all be here before we know it. That's right. Time flies when you're having fun, right? That's right. Thank you guys for, you know, having me on the show again. And I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. So we'll call this one a wrap for this month and join us in January. I'm sure we'll have lots of great information, technology, news roundup, and uh, we'll have uh, local guests and lots more. We always have a good time. You never know what we'll be doing. I doubt we'll have any Santa cash because it's kind of a, you know, a Christmas kind of thing. But I'll see if I can come up with something. It probably won't be donuts because... I That's think okay. there was a little contention there with you sharing some of the donuts last time. So I shared some. I've, I've talked to some of the other employees who weren't real happy with your sharing abilities when it comes to those donuts. Shared with my wife <laughs> and myself <laughs> and, and my son. And in yourself again. Yep. But anyway, we'll come up with something for January. I don't know. We'll, we'll do something fun. So anyway, thanks for all of our viewers and our listeners. And we hope that you'll join us again next month for The Local Click. Learn more about the show by visiting us online at thelocalclick.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast or video platform so you won't miss our next episode of The Local Click. See you next month.